Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Ball Caps and Bagpipes. It's uh, been a long time, Jason. Um, I'm John McKellar. This is Jason Dare. Uh, I think it's been about six weeks or so since we last did a show, so it's good to see you, man. It's good to see that you're doing all right. We've seen we've had a few problems, a few sicknesses, a few family emergencies. It's uh, yeah. it's been a long time, but uh, glad to be back on. Absolutely, yeah. It's been a perfect storm and just everything going wrong at the wrong possible time. Um, but we're back uh, on, uh, on Thursday, not the usual day. Um, but we should probably cover the, the arrangements that we made um, this past, uh, just before the All-Star game. Um, we obviously have been doing this show about four years now. We've been trying to make it a weekly show as much as we can during the season, but with, with life going on and stuff like that, it's just not really feasible. So it will be uh, more, it'll be closer to like a fortnightly show. We're going to try and do two a month minimum. Um, we're not going to stick to a, a strict schedule anymore and we'll try and do more if we do get the time. Uh, but from now on, it's going to be Tuesday at nine, uh, roughly twice a month. At least the rest of the season. Then we'll see what happens next season. Things will yeah. calm down. Uh, like I said, life's been turned us upside down recently. So Yeah, uh, we've had a lot going on, both of us. Uh, let's, um, let's first off, uh, before we get right into the, this past week, uh, we'll talk about today's guest. Um, we're bringing uh, probably, a, I think it would be safe to say, a legend of the game in Scotland on today. Um, former MVP, the all-time single-season home run leader, uh, of course. Uh, Comets legend by, by by every possible measure. Uh, an old buddy and an old teammate of mine, John Nelson, is finally joining the podcast. Now, this is a show that we've been wanting to do, I think, pretty much since the first time that we discussed doing the show. I think one of the first names that we both... Uh, wanted to interview over the years was John Nelson and we just waited for the right time and we kept waiting and we waited and waited and then I think with this break that we've had I think we just decided there's no better time than now when we come back and refresh um, to bring him on uh, so we will have John Nelson on the show um, we're going to ask him about you know his lengthy tenure as a, a baseball player um, and about some of his other hobbies and interests because he's a very interesting guy uh, a very fun guy I know you've had quite a lot of nights out with John I've had a few, you can say. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that um, I'm sure that we've plenty of incriminating stories if you could actually remember any of them. <laughs> you you realise he's twice the size as me, and he doesn't pick me up and break me, so I, I tend to keep those comments quiet. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's great to have him on the show. Um, but before we get to John and the interview, uh, let's talk about the All Star Game. Um, we were uh, the announced team. Of course, you were unable to make it due to some family sickness. I hope everyone's doing okay. Um, yeah, all good. They're fine at the moment. Everyone's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's not one thing, it's another, which I'll tell you after the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, as I've learned having a sort of moan now, like you, you really only get like kind of intermediate periods between bouts of sickness, uh, and, and they don't last as long as the bouts of sickness do because there's always something going around. Um, so I'm glad everything's doing, going okay there. Um, I. I went along and I, <laughs> I played the part in the single A All Star game, which the East Coast defeated the West Coast in fifteen to one. That was a, a really fun experience. Uh, even being on a losing team by such a margin, it was a great experience to be able to call myself an All Star and, and be there on that day. Um, it was it was such a great day that, that Sunday, uh, two Sundays ago. Um, there was uh, there was barbecue, there was music, there was walk up music. Um, Fiona Brambley of the Galaxy even treated everyone to a, a lovely rendition of. Uh, Take me out to the ball game. Two of them, in fact. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. It was so well the first time you did it twice. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And the Triple E game was was absolutely brilliant. It was really fun to watch um, and to, to to do commentary on, which was a very intriguing. Uh, when, when Paul Conroy asked us to do it, I was very intrigued by it. Um, it's not something I've ever, you know, saw myself ever doing. But um, to be able to uh, say that I've done that now was a, was really nice. Uh, it was a great experience, I think. Thankfully, a lot of people quite liked it. So hopefully, you and I will get to do it together uh, for one of these Caledonia Classic games in the in the fall. Yeah, that'd be a fun. I, I was I gutted I couldn't make it there, but uh, I, I had half the household sick, so I was holding the fort down, so it wasn't going to happen anytime soon. I think I might yeah. have uh, been killed by my wife if I said I'm going to go over and go to Glasgow for the day, and I'll see you in a few <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lawrence Cameron says, back again at last. It's good to be back. Thanks so much for joining us, Lawrence. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Um, let's talk about the, uh, the return to league play. Uh, the second half started. This past Sunday, it was the 10th of July, and I'm just going to quickly bring up the scores. Uh, just the one single A game this past Sunday, it was uh, Derby Day across the lake. Uh, the Comets ran away with an 18-3 win over the Galaxy in the single A game in Glasgow. Uh, the, uh, the, the the Comet Bats um, have really started to wake up. I, I think uh, they just had the first ever Glasgow night game this evening. Um, and again, the comments were running away with it when I left. If you like, I had to leave the game early, um, I started in right field, switched to first base, and then had to come out of the game to get to get home in order to do this. So, <laughs> so it was uh, sixteen to two last uh, uh, no, um, but I don't know what it finished. Um, so what you're saying is you hit a couple home runs. Said I'm good. I'm going home for the day. I'm going to <laughs> um, I walked twice and grounded it. I feel there's choice. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. Um, uh, I, I didn't hit any home runs. The, the elusive home run remains. So uh, <laughs> let's move to the Triple A scores. Uh, the Comets made it a sweep uh, on Sunday. Um, Comets winning seven three over the Galaxy. Really tight game. Um, it was it was nothing nothing into I think the third or fourth inning. It was a really really tight game. Comets eventually got those bats going, and once again the X factor David Flores um, was what tipped the, the the result over the edge for the Comets. Um, you know it was really it was, any team is going to struggle to to make, to mount a comeback. Um, if the Comets get a lead and have David pitching his best on the mound. So it was a really good day um, for the Comets uh, in Glasgow. Um, the Tapor Breakers went to Aberdeen this past weekend, and uh, I'm sorry, Lawrence, you might want to cover your ears. Um, <laughs> the match will be broadcast live at this link. Is this a, I don't know if this is one of those spam bots or if this is someone... Yeah. It might be someone joking, because I think when I was doing commentary, uh, and streaming the the All Star game, these kept popping up, um, and Paul Conway spent half of the game, get, <laughs> like deleting them. So I don't know if that's someone uh, poking fun, but that was that was funny. You know, you've made it. Well, right whoever it is, they're blocked the, now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if uh, if that was a legitimate person and that was a joke. It was a really good joke. Um, so if, if, if you're yeah. if you're watching, listen to this on the podcast. We're getting spammed. That's basically what's happening yeah. there. So. Um. You know you've made the big time when the troll bots come out. Um, so, Lawrence, yeah, cover your ears because the Tayport Breakers uh, defeated the Oilers by a final score of 17 to nothing. Uh, those Breakers are, um, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the in the league when they when they get their bats swinging. Uh, they're going to score a lot of runs, um, and you know it takes exceptional pitching to, to keep them at bay. And if the bats aren't going for the home team, like that, like seems to have happened on uh, Sunday there for the Oilers. That there's not a lot you can really do about it when the breakers are on the best. 
know, so they're on a roll, they're on a roll. Like I said, you just can't yeah. stop these things. Yeah. Speaking of on a roll, the Edinburgh Diamond Devils go into this second half. Uh, now post Kyle Huffy, uh, who left the uh, Scottish Shores for his native United States back uh, the Tuesday after the All-Star game, so this past, last Tuesday. Um, he's gone home to a, a job, I believe, um, and to, to book, book back up with some family and stuff like that. So uh, all the very best to Kyle on his travels. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure um, for me to play against him. And I know that you know Kyle very well as, uh, also, Jason. <laughs> yeah, Kyle was a character. <laughs> he definitely yeah. was a character. He'll be one of those legends like Wolfie, where you just heard the name, yeah. oh, Kyle, all right. <laughs> it may not been for what he did on the field and more off the field, but it's yeah. still Kyle for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the prevailing memory, I think, of Kyle is obviously going to be last season, the 2021 season that he had. He was absolutely phenomenal and won the MVP award of the league, um, quite rightly. Uh, just probably the best all round performer last season. Uh, and so consistent, which has always been something that he's, um, that's always been kind of the, the key for him, is, is he going to maybe be able to maintain consistency uh, on the mound and keep his head focused to, to the point that he can, you know, he can start to really r run down teams. Uh, he did that last year, um, and I think that's the, the prevailing memory for me of Kyle, is that performance. Yeah, yeah. I said we, me and Kyle, we, we like to draw each other when we play against each other. So those are my memories of Kyle is yeah. winding him up, and getting him all ruffled up. Do you have a Do you have a particular favorite memory of Kyle from back in the day? Uh, is there one in particular that you just remember and, and laugh? Uh you know, probably not. I'd probably say I, I just enjoyed winding him up about not having his shirt tucked in every inning. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was enough to throw him off his game and, and like that. So a bit of sportsmanship on my part, uh, and knowing that you, you could let it slide for so long, and then you hit the third or fourth inning, the third or fourth time through the batting order, and, and you can just kind of mention that his shirt wasn't tucked in, and that was usually enough to set him off. And that was how I got under <laughs> the skin. <laughs> yeah, he was easily distracted at times. Um, so yeah, again, very best of luck to Kyle in your future. Um, hope you're going to keep playing. And uh, thank you for everything you've done um, for Baseball Scotland and uh, for the memories played against you. Um, the Diamond Devils um, in their post sort of Kyle era had gotten off to a winning start. Uh, probably the upset of the week saw the Diamond Devils defeat the Cannons by a final score of 9-8, to eight, um, which I think is definitely, like I say, an upset win. Um, and it shows that the, the Cannons are, you know, beatable um, if you if you... If everything, if everything goes right for you on the day, like on any given day, any team in this league can be beaten, even the Cannons. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if that gets into their collective um, heads um, and, and affects their push towards the final stretch and trying to clinch that league title. They're 10 and 2 still, so they are, you know, like three games above second place. So with such a, a small amount of baseball still, if they played, they are very much the strong favourites. but. If they go on a bad run, like any team can go on a bad run and drop down a couple of spots. Like we've seen the Devils go from um, toward the bottom uh, in the early part of the season. They've put together a really good run of form in recent times, and now that they are sitting up near the top uh, and looking like they're very safe in terms of a playoff push. Yeah, like I said, uh, they started off slow, they've heated up. You know, it's summertime now. It all depends on who's around for holiday and who's not. So, uh, it, it can be completely wide open on, on how these next few weeks play out because 
in theory, school's not back in for another four weeks. So, you know, people are gone and you might be some, miss some key players due to family holidays or just general holidays. So um, definitely see the uh, uptick on people going away for the summer because you can. So um, it's a, that's one of those always factors. I always thought that maybe what we should do is shut down in July because everyone's away <laughs> and then pick things up in September yeah. or August, September when everyone's back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be I'm going to be in France for 11 days from the 23rd of July. So I think that I've gotten lucky. I think it's going to turn out that I'm only going to miss one game um, while I'm away. So like, although it is just one game, um, one game is like a quarter of the season from from this point on. So like, <laughs> so I'm really happy that it's just going to be the one that I'm going to lose out on. Um, but yeah, that was the that was the score lines from this past Sunday. Um, I'll take a quick look at the standards. Like we've touched on, the Edinburgh Cannons, they're still 10 and 2. This is Triple A. Uh, Cannons at 10 and 2. Uh, the win percentage this season, Jason, is 833. That's that's incredible. Considering how considering how competitive the Triple A division is now, I didn't expect any team, regardless of how good they were, because every Triple A team is is top notch this year. I didn't expect any team to be at this point in the season having 833 win percentage. I, you never know. All it takes is a bad hop. Look, like they only lost the last game by one run. So, you know, it's, it's not like they're actually blowing a lot of people out. It's close games, but they're, you know, with solid defense and, and, you know, just a couple runs is all you need to win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like, um, the second place team now, the Diamond Devils, they are 7 and 5. The Glasgow Comets do have a game in hand, and we are 6 and 5. So, definitely a, quite a push going for that second spot. Um, they're Probably three teams that are in with a realistic chance. The Devils, Comets and the fourth place Breakers who are 6-6 six six at the moment. Um, Glasgow Galaxy are 4-8 and eight for the season in Triple A and the bottom of the division at the moment. The Granite City Oilers, they're 2-9. and nine. Um, They're 2-9. and nine. It doesn't look like a great record, but at one point in the season it looked like it was going to be worse for the Oilers. So I'm glad that they've stuck it out and that they've managed to field a team this season consistently. And um, it looks like we're going to be able to finish out the season. Um, which has probably been their main priority, and hopefully they'll come back next year um, with a kind of reloaded and, and refreshed team ready to compete again. Um, the single A standards: the Deport Breakers are five and one. Uh, they are in first place. The Comets have played two games more than the Breakers, and we are four and four. Um, so the destiny of the single A title probably um, hinges on these two games for the Breakers single A team. Um, if they win both games, they're probably I think they're. they're I think they all end up clinching uh, the division. But if they lose both games, then that makes it very interesting moving forward. Um, the Edinburgh Knights are at three and four in third place. The Glasgow Galaxy are in fourth place, and their record is three and six in singly. Um, the Comets um, have won the game in hand. I'm getting word that it finished 17 to four in favour of the Comets tonight in the first ever singly night game between the sides, uh, between the Comets and Galaxy. So the Comets are now seven and five, so tied with the. Uh, oh no, we're five and four. Sorry, uh, we're five and four. That's a single leg game. So never mind that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the Comets five and four now through nine games. So that's three games in hand. Breakers have. The Galaxy are now three and seven through ten games. So um, yeah, that's the scores. Uh, what do you say we bring on to next guest? 
Absolutely. I think, like I said, this is an interview we've been looking forward for a long time, knowing this could be a three-hour interview if we let it be. <laughs> we'll try to keep it a little bit yeah. here. We'll, we'll try and keep it about half an hour or 40 minutes. Let's bring on John Nelson. John Nelson, welcome to the show. <laughs> what it do, people? Matthew Day, Thursday, bringing it down face down, all the way from Central Glasgow by Houston, Texas. Let's do this. John Nelson, welcome to Ball Caps and Bagpipes. It is fantastic to be here. Let me put my headset on here one second. <laughs> so, Absolutely. So now we have a guest. We're going to tell the guests to have their own walk-up music now for their intro. <laughs> I got to do a big um, yo. Indeed, you do everything big, uh, including uh, lifting, um, swinging the bat. Everything that you do, you do big. Um, let's let's start from the start of your baseball journey, which is the better part of four decades ago. You've been playing since you were a very young child, uh, back in the 80s. Talk to us yeah. about how you got involved in baseball and what that meant to you growing up. Yeah, it was a, um, a rainy Saturday, 1982, April 17th. Reagan was president. I think the Dodgers just won the 81 World Series behind the very svelte and amazing pitcher that was Fernando Valenzuela. Fantastic guy. Um, to be honest, I have pictures of me playing baseball before I can even remember. Um, just, you know, footage of me swinging a bat or throwing balls. And I was kind of always just, um, it, it was, I've always been around it. I mean, I can distinctively remember my T-ball years. Um, and so I think from whatever it was, I just really took to baseball at, at a really young age. And I, and I, I kind of just, uh, always, always liked it more than any other sport. So, I mean, I, I would say probably, yeah, around, 1986, 87 for your first T-ball kind of experience. Um, again, we're talking prior to a lot of my memories, but um, I, I I think that's probably when you start T-ball. I think you can even do it younger nowadays, kind of three. But if you've ever seen the kids trying to play T-ball at three years old, they just run all over the place, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> so talk, talk to us about you've, – you've been through various different levels of baseball, so starting at T-ball. Um, now, I don't know a lot about T-ball. Um, Jason has touched on it a wee bit in the past, but um, talk to me about what T-ball actually is and how that readies you for the, the, the full game, the, the game of baseball going up. Yeah, so what a lot of people get involved in early on in kind of that younger age, they'll, they'll do it through their church or kind of a neighborhood. So I would always, when I was quite younger, um, the 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 private school that I went to, um, they all kind of have their own soccer, basketball, baseball. And you just, that's kind of what you did was spring was baseball, um, summer, spring, summer, baseball and soccer. And then the winter time was always basketball. Um, and you just kind of went through the progression as you were younger. Um, so a lot of the times it's just your classmates from whatever school you're going to. And then you had various other schools kind of you know, in my case, it was, you know, that sort of group of 
private elementary primary school um, teams we played. So you, you actually kind of progressed with a lot of the same kids that were out with your school, but within that sort of um, uh, thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's really kind of a way, T-ball is just kind of a way to allow young kids to be able to have a ball stationary on a tee and sort of put things in play. But I do, I do re- distinctively remember this and I'm a bit remiss to admit this, but I do remember very vividly when I was playing T-ball when I was quite young, how I never got out except one time I got out, I got thrown out at first base and I proceeded to cry about it. <laughs> and I think, and I think if, if I were ever psychoanalyzed, I think we could go back to that point where I just don't like losing. And that was the way I expressed it at five years old. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older, I express it a little differently, but um, I think from an early age, it was, uh, I didn't like, I didn't like getting out. I didn't like losing. And um, so, yeah, so T-ball is good. And then you kind of progress from there into sort of dad's pitch slow pitch i've got a nephew i was home not, not too long ago and he's in this sort of dad's pitch um they kind of take one knee and just kind of lob the ball to you and and play um i kind of remember that as well um and then a little bit older you get um you start using machines so there's a dad or somebody putting the balls in the machine and there was slow pitch machine and then you got the fast pitch machine um and then from there you had you started to let the, the kids start to pitch and the mound was a bit closer. I think it was closer to maybe like a, what a softball mound would be. Um, 45 feet. Yeah. Um, eventually moving up towards, you know, the older you got probably, I guess around, you know, when you're in your 12, probably around 11, 12, I guess, I guess that's when you start vying for the little league world series. It's kind of when you're nine, 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there. Um, and then obviously you go into, full 60 feet, six inches. Um, and so, you know, for, for the most part, that's, again, that was kind of the formula was um, soccer, baseball, and basketball. I never, actually, I never played American football. I never really liked it. Um, it was never my thing. I enjoy it. I watch it, loved it always. But I just never wanted to play it. Um, but um, kind of the older you get, and Texas is kind of blessed in the sense is that, you can play pretty much any sport outdoors all year round. I mean, it can be January, February, and it'll still be 25, 30 degrees at times. And so eventually you can just pick one sport you want to play with because there's leagues all year round. That's eventually what I did. I um, probably right about the time I was 12 or 13 going into middle school. Um, I, I was, you can kind of, I kind of left the soccer and went to baseball, basketball, because those were kind of the two seasons that were, more apart from each other but eventually i gave up the basketball when i got to high school as well and it was just 12 months a year baseball all year round that was because you were dunking they said look you're too big to be dunking that age you gotta stop right <laughs> fun fact i could i actually could dunk at one point now i'd be lucky i'd be lucky to touch the net now by jumping if, if i could <laughs> now you mentioned that you weren't entirely fussed by uh american football um, now, you're a pretty big guy. Were you always that big? Um, and if you were a big guy back then, were you ever pushed towards football by anyone? I, I was not. I was um, I was relatively skinny for probably up until my senior year of high school. Um, I was, um, you know, it, it was 
more of just kind of tall like yeah i didn't i didn't really start lifting weights until i was probably a junior and even then you're not really doing the stuff i'm doing now it was just sort of here and there in the weight room in the off season type things or doing a little bit to kind of uh, develop a bit um so no my size actually came much later i wasn't until well, I say the size I am now, but there was quite a while there when I had a size because I was eating too much, and that's a little bit different. Um, but um, no, I was always kind of one of these quintessentially taller, lankier, lengthy guys. Um, but probably my junior and senior year, I did bulk up a little bit. I was still well under uh, 200 pounds, which is what, about 90-something kilos, whatever that is in stone. Sorry. Yeah, it's 90 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, that's irrelevant. I don't I don't know stones. Stones. I mean, I'm from here, and stones can go baffle me. Um, I just use pounds. It's a simple number. Um, talk to us about your time playing in school then, in high school. Um, tell us about what positions you played, the level you played to, um, and any coaching that you feel uh, stuck with you back then that you took along with you in your journey. Yeah. All right. I'll try. Like high school was incredible. I love playing baseball in high school. Um, I've got loads of stories, so I'll try to maybe just say a few here, and then maybe if you have me on again, we can go into more. But high school really is sort of the best time to just really enjoy playing baseball because once you get to university and then majors, whatever, if you're, you're lucky enough to go that far, it's far more serious. Um, you know, it's it's much more it's, it's stricter and it's a lot more involved. Whereas high school, you're still kind of, you know, on your own a bit and it's not really as as crazy. And so a lot of the times in high school, especially when you play a sport, as everybody know, you you know, you you bond with whatever sport, like the football guys always bonded with each other, basketball, same thing, baseball, same way. So I had some of my best memories with just the guys I, I played with while I was there. Um, and so my uh, I was actually I actually switched high schools halfway through high school and I started um at uh at a a private high school and i ended up going to a public uh, high school um and so freshman year it was always kind of one of these um a little bit more competitive they had sort of an a team and a b team freshman because they quite a bit and then obviously the older you got they sort of weed you out and compact the teams to get the better players as they moved up um and so uh i had played 18 baseball at um the high school I went to and I was primarily a pitcher like for the longest time I was a very good pitcher um I can't remember how many games you we played or whatnot and um you know but I I ended up starting maybe five or six games in uh freshman year of high school I went um I think I was four and two and the only two games I started I lost was to our rivals which was really embarrassing and I still don't forget about it to this day um and I really wasn't I really wasn't much of a power hit or anything like that. I, I mean, I was probably, I was always very good at contact. I was a very good contact hitter, but I didn't really have the, the power behind it. Um, and um, the way it kind of works is obviously, at least for us, you know, our coaches were, you know, not necessarily parents, but they were kind of adults that were connected to the, to the high school a little bit. It wasn't sort of some outsider. Uh, a, a miscellaneous fun fact though, that high, that first high school I went to, um, many years after I had, had left, 
when Craig Biggio retired, he ended up going and being the high school coach for that uh, <laughs> that high school. So there's there's a bunch of kids in Houston that have been coached by Craig Biggio, and he did it for free and just kind of did it because he wanted to. And I think both his sons went through there that are playing now, um, Kevin and the other one. Kevin's at the Blue Jays, I think. Yes, um, the Blue Jays. But um, you know, you you kind of get involved. You you have again, you have. Um, when you're in the private school, they have their own kind of district or conferences. Uh, we just called TAPS or TILC or something, Texas Interscholastic Christian League. And you primarily played sort of other religious-based kind of private schools. Um, and save and except you would have one or two tournaments a year that um, you would kind of play everybody. And everybody was involved in a big tournament that lasted kind of in the city of Houston. Obviously, it's a big place, so you have a lot of schools and a lot of teams that are playing um and then uh ultimately you would have a playoff um kind of run at the end um i i don't think we made the playoffs that year um but i do i do have fond memories again that's kind of for me we're all pitching um i again i can't i couldn't even tell you how many games high school players play these days now but i'm, I'm pretty sure we probably played about 20 or so odd games um you, you usually played it wasn't a tournament. You usually played one weekday game and one weekend day, um, usually on a Saturday or Sunday morning. Um, and um, then, um, yeah, so I was there for my freshman and sophomore years. Um, uh, same thing kind of sophomore year, um, but it, it went to what's called JV. So you're freshman then you have jv which is your junior your uh, your sophomores and your juniors and then you have varsity which is your senior and you don't necessarily have to be in one of those grades you could theoretically be a freshman and play for the varsity team if you're good enough um, there was always kind of placement for you although that particular high school i went to they had a strict rule that they wouldn't put any freshmen on any of the uh, varsity or junior varsity teams and so um sophomore year was jv um which was good we did really well actually we had a good team and i remember we got put in one of those tournaments probably the best memory i had in that tournament again pitching is we were the jv team for a tournament we were hosting with eight or nine or ten different teams um in 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 that um in that particular year and one of the teams dropped out so we as we as a jv got to be put in the varsity team um I remember I got to pitch the first game against one of the high school's varsity teams and I ended up pitching really well and we won. And I just, I can just distinctively remember the faces of these varsity players, like looking like how the hell did that just happen? Cause they had to play right after whoever the loser was had to play the loser of the early game and the night game and then in the midnight game and then we or the mid afternoon game. And then we played the night game against the winner. And so that was kind of a fun little memory just particularly, but, um, then I switched schools. Um, I didn't really like the varsity coach at the time, and I don't think he really liked me. Um, another story for another time. But I ended up going to what public high school I was zoned to. So I'm not sure how it is in Washington or how it works here, but every every school district, at least in Texas, how it works is that based on your address, you have a local public school that you can go to you know, um, without any charge, private schools, you got to pay money for, um, for, you know, so most of them are religious based, some are sort of preparatory, some are sort of arts and whatnot. Um, 
different things. Um, but that's where I started to come into my own uh, as far as, as, as hitting. I, um, I, sometime between that, that third year of high school, I just blew out my elbow and I went and I got an MRI and they really didn't see anything. Never really saw a specialist about it. Um, Tommy John's really wasn't that um, as, as good as it was now. I mean, if you get Tommy John's, you're, you can be a Cy Young. Look at Justin Verlander. You know, like what he's doing now at 40 years old or how close, 39 years old. Um, and it was kind of on the same lines as an ACL. Even back then in the 90s, if you tore your ACL, you were kind of out for a while. And it was almost unrecoverable. Um there was a, a big guy who played for USC. I forget what his name is. Went to the Bengals. I think tore his ACL back then, um, and just never recovered from it. Um, but I went to junior year, played at the new high school, went straight on the varsity team, um, and arguably had the better of my two years on varsity in high school that year. Um, the um, um, they have, I guess, I don't know if they did this in Washington or not, but they had sort of um, regional awards you could get, first team, second team, all district type thing. So it's first team, all district as a DH because um, I had a good hitting um, year. Um, both very well. I had um, my junior year, I think I ended up maybe somewhere around 10th in the state with home runs. There was a guy named Kyle Smith that went to one of these schools that had like 16 home runs. And I think Lance Berkman still has this Texas state record for home runs in high school with like 46 or something ridiculous like that. I'll have to look at it. It's something ridiculous like that. Um, sorry, I know I'm kind of rambling. I'm just going through the years here. Um, That's why we had you on. But... Um, I remember and I, a little bit fonder memories. I, um, you always had sort of a preseason tournament. Um, and we were playing down in South of Texas and it was us. And I think five or six different teams. And, um, that was the first time I sort of started to encounter major league pitching and major players that all went on to play major league baseball. And I'm I'm gonna look. I can't. I don't know why I just went blank on this guy's name. But I remember in that tournament, um, God, he's still pitching now. I think. Give me a second to remember his name. But uh, thank you, thank you. I think I told you. I think I told you. This I story. might have heard the story before, but I pull it out of here like that. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. So Scott Kazmaier, very famous pitcher. He pitched for a long time. Um, lefty. But he was playing for one of the high schools down there, and he had gone like he had three no hitters in his four games. He only ended up giving one hit in like four games, and it was me. And I remember I thought nothing of it because it was like my first at bat. Um, and I remember getting on first base, and just the, the first baseman was like, That's the first hit he's given up, and who knows how long, like, All right, whatever, you know. And I didn't really kind of realize it until looking back on it, like what it actually meant because at that point, you didn't know like this guy's gonna go on to be a a, a tenured major league baseball player. Um, and so that was kind of my first foray. And then we ended up playing another tournament, uh, the big tournament. So it was a big all Houston tournament. And we played a team that had James Loney on it. And when I say James Loney was like a 40, 35 year old man at 18, I'm not understanding <laughs> the, the size of this guy. 
he was big, massive, and he just crushed everything that like went to him. And he he would he would stand on first base and just tower over everybody. He was just so good. And you know, no no wonder he went on to be as good as he was. Um I think he probably had his biggest tenure at LA. I know he kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, but if that wasn't um, kind of great enough, that same tournament, two other things sort of happened. One, the game before us that was playing, and we were playing after him on the field, had Josh Beckett pitching on it. So I was sitting there watching Josh Beckett pitch in 1999. He was touching 98 at in high school as a senior. Like it was just n- nothing you ever saw, and like everybody knew who he was. Everybody knew he was going to be a pro. Everybody was going to be good, and obviously he went on and had a great career with the Marlins and the Red Sox, and really had tremendous. So I never actually faced him, thankfully. Um, but um, he uh, just seeing him live at that age was just incredible because it basically puts things into perspective for you really early. Like, Oh, that's what a major league baseball player looks like. <laughs> There's nothing worse than having some guy that's, you know, couldn't be drafted. It can throw a ball 300 feet with a not going 10 feet in the line. And, and your, your catcher has to wear two things of padding to catch him. And they gotta they go, I'm just not at that level. <laughs> it's, it's unreal looking at some of that talent, but um, I also later on got to pitch because the tournament you kind of had, I didn't really want to pitch, but you kind of sometimes had to use arms when you're playing these tournament games. You don't want to burn them up. Um, but I, I ended up pitching against uh, Carl Crawford, who went to Davis High School. And he was another guy that could have been a professional athlete in anything he wanted to do. Like he was he was a quarterback at Davis High School that he went to and had state records, won all sorts of stuff. Um, but you know, I had a, a very minor victory. He only went two for three off me. So I, I'll take that as a victory. Carl Crawford. But I remember the first at bat, like he hit a ball into the gap and it was like straight in the gap, not, you know, nothing crazy, but the guy was almost on third base by the time the ball was like being thrown in. Like he had incredible speed where he was just around, around second base. I'm like, all right, the guy hit sort of a gapper. He'll probably stand on second. Nope, the guy ran all the way to third base before the ball was ever thrown in. And it was just, again, seeing speed like that and seeing what level of athlete. And at that age, because, I mean, me at 17, I was I was still not even fully developed. And you had guys like him um, just in a class of their own. Um, and um, the uh, the – Last thing, and, and probably I don't should I should I save my greatest memory of, of high school Absolutely. for another time? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely, definitely. Go ahead. We'll we'll leave that one for another one. But um I think what we'll do actually, if you don't mind, we'll, we'll call it a night after this, actually. So go ahead and do that. We'll call it a night and we'll do a second part. Uh we'll get you one for the next episode. Because we're pretty much um we're pretty much reaching kind of our, our time limit. Um, and we're only we're only in high school, <laughs> so I think we'll, we'll we'll do this and then we'll cover um, right the rest but, of, yeah. you know the scholastic years um, and how you end up here and a wee bit more. Um, so go ahead and, and give us that. Well, um, yeah, we'll leave it. So that we went into league play. So I'll tell I'll tell the junior because seniors as well. I had some good. That'll probably take a little while to go through senior as well. But um, we had. Um, uh, in you, you after you kind of play some of these tournaments and stuff, then you go into necessarily your district play. And I was telling you kind of the, the 
private schools have their own. Texas then has sort of what's called 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A ball. The bigger your high school is, the 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 bigger your letter was, the many more letters you had. So at the time, we were 17 5A. I think now they're up to 6As and different things. The schools are a lot bigger. Um, but we um, we our rival, the high school I went to, is now called, I think, something something wisdom but it used to be called robert e lee high school so you can imagine why that's probably been changed um i can't think of who this is why they might change that yeah don't know yeah we had robert e lee generals was what we were so um yeah different different time back in the 90s um and so um our rival was a a school called lamar high school um and um uh, it was a it was a Saturday morning game, and um, you're you're very close to the end of the season, and you're trying to make the playoff, and you got obviously got to win these games to go through. Um, and I started at first base in this game, and it was a pretty good game back and forth. Both pitchers were really doing really well. Um, and then what had happened was when our pitcher got pulled because they wanted to bring in another pitcher, he went to first base, and I got taken out of the game. And so there's this really weird rule in high school. I don't know if it's still there anymore, that if you start a game and get taken out, you can come back in and hit later on, right? So you can replace and somebody don't know if it was any other state that did it. It was our rules. I got taken out of the game, sat out for an inning. And uh, anyways, so I'm on the bench, not happy about it. Although I was over two at that point um, and uh, we were losing um, three to one. And it was the bottom of the seventh, the latch inning, and um, it was our last at bat. And I remember the first batter who got up uh, walked um, first base. So it was the same starting pitcher they had at this point. Then the next batter hit a single runner from first goes to third, runner on first and third. I get called up. Coach says, right, you're going to pinch hit. And so get loose, right? So I pick my back, start losing and lose. The – coach on the other team sees that I'm coming back and hitting. And obviously I've, you know, one of the better hitters in, in the city and kind of obviously people in our, our, our district well-known. And so he pulls out their starting pitcher. Mind, mind you who I was over two against at that point that day and, and brings in a guy named Jeff Neiman, who was as a freshman or sophomore was about six foot seven at the time. Big guy. If you remember his name, he went on to play for Rice, won a national championship with Rice, went on to play with the the Rays for many years, was a starting pitcher. Um, anyways, first and third, down 3-1, bottom of the seventh, step into the bat, batter's box. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, right, what would I do if I was him as I kind of approach everything? And I'm like, right, he's probably going to throw you the first pitch fastball, but – like, be ready for it, swing if you want, but don't kind of thing. Sure enough, right down the middle, 90, whatever, 90 miles an hour fastball, right down the middle. And it was like a perfect pitch. And I'm like, fuck, you know, I'm like, I can't believe I let that go by, and I'm down 0-1. And, the, and then the bastard we did after that was trying to pick off the batter on first while I'm sitting there shaking and knocking my feet, and the knees are knocking, I'm waiting for this pitch to come. And I think to myself this time, I kind of calm down, and I just, I, I think to myself, what is this young, arrogant prick going to do? He just threw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball by me. I bet he thinks he can do it again. And I, sure enough, I was like, this guy's going to throw a fastball, see it out of his hand, and just swing. Sure enough, second pitch, 0-1, fastball, same spot, take it over left field. 
I'm almost a second base before I realized what had just happened, that I just hit a walk-off <laughs> home run. And so I'm rounding the bases. And it's, it's weird, right? You always think to yourself, like, what would I do if I hit a walk-off home run, right? Would I, like, slow? Would I pimp it out? Would I do something? All I could do was... <laughs> and I, and I, it's one of my regrets in life that I didn't do more to, like, have that moment to where I, I did something cooler, but I just kind of was in shock at that point uh, that we just walked off our rivals. And so, um, yeah, round of the bases, got mobbed. Luckily, I still, it's the only home run ball I had. Of the many home runs that I hit back in my day, the only one I ever kept was that one. And I'm hoping I'll run into him in Houston or somewhere someday and I can get him to sign it, uh, which would be pretty great. <laughs> Um, obviously, you know, he went on to have a great MLB career and I'm left with just a memory and I hope, I hope he still remembers it. You know, it was one of his memories. He's like, yeah, well, that was my one regret of throwing that guy at fastball in high school. I'm, I'm hoping I'll cling on to that hope that that's still in the back of his head that he made that mistake. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. We'll go to the playoffs, um, for that year and then we can go into senior year and, uh, be on from there. And then I can tell you how I. Went at university and then became an amazing slow pitch softball player in my. <laughs> <laughs> and we do have you back on. I'm gonna see if I can track down Jeff Neiman's address so I can go and <laughs> send in some. Well, hey, you gonna dox him? There are baseball autograph groups that people have stuff there for the players, and you know, you send a card in and send a donation, and they sign your cards that back. So I'm gonna yeah. see if I can track. I, I know I can get one of his cards. But I, I'm going to go and see if I can track down his address and send it there. And then yeah. say, by the way, do you know, do you remember John Nelson? Does he still haunt you? <laughs> I, you know, it's my, it's the only clinging of sort of, you know, the glory days I can hold on to as, you know, he'll be like, well, I can't hear you through my national title trophy and my MVPs and my whatnot. I think the year that they, that Rice won, I think it was like 2002 or 2003 at the College World Series. He was like 17 and 0 in pitching and just unreal. I'll, I'll look up that Rice team when they went on and won it was just unreal some of the players they had on that team but uh yeah we'll go back in the senior a whole new crop of major league athletes i was lucky enough to play against um while in texas and uh yeah well that's uh something to look forward to for next time um and we'll obviously touch on your time playing baseball manager in scotland uh winning casually winning mvps and breaking records um, we'll get you back on next time. We'll be in touch with you uh, and your host to get that sorted. John, thanks so very much for joining us tonight. I've really Look enjoyed this to. first half. Uh, I'm going to say first half. Uh, first half. First, first, first quarter, first fifth. Look, it's going it's to be, be an eight-part mini-series. We'll get it on the iPlayer at some point. We'll have behind-the-scenes footage, highlight reel, all that fun stuff. Thanks so very much again for joining us. And I will let you go for now. Thanks, John. Cheers, fellas. So that was John Nelson. Um, I've, I really enjoyed that, Jason. It was it was fun to listen to him chat about. Um, he went into a bit more detail than we usually are used to about um, his time in high school and, and even before that, and some of the great memories that he, he told us. That was a brilliant one to finish on, hitting a walk-off home run in that fashion. Um, I think he showed a touch of class by just doing the, um, you know, <laughs> a touch of class you know, goes a long way. It's one of those things where it happens <laughs> and you realize that. I, I, I remember when I hit uh, a home run in Lithuania, I hadn't realized I'd done that. And then by the time I got the third base, I broke uh, the third base coach's hand by slapping it so hard because I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know how to react to this. You know, uh, you know when it only happens every once in a while, you're like, oh my God, how do I react? I'm not sure. <laughs> 
Um, let's see if we wrap up here by uh, taking a quick look at this coming Sunday's schedule. Um, so we bring this up. So, so you're getting a bit of abuse from Scott me. Black in case you didn't notice that. He's, he's asking what Snapchat filter are you using? <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? Um, the coming week is week 16 of the season. So just a handful of weeks there, game weeks left. Just a one AAA game this weekend. The Diamond Devils are coming to Glasgow to face the Comets. Um, that should be a right good uh, a right good game. Comets have uh, been winning a few lately. Uh, Diamond Devils are on, on an excellent run. They've obviously just beaten the uh, presumptive champions for this year uh, by a tight scoreline. So that's going to be a right good game of baseball. Um, let me take a wee look here at single eight. Uh, for week 16, the Galaxy and Comets game was obviously moved to tonight. That finished 17-4 Comets. Um, the only other single A game coming up this weekend is the Breakers. The table Breakers are going to be in Edinburgh and they're uh, facing the Edinburgh Knights. Um, so that's this coming Sunday's games. Please do follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. It's Facebook and Twitter. It's at Caps and Pipes. Instagram is just Ball Caps and Bike Pipes. Uh, if you search Ball Caps and Bike Pipes on YouTube or whatever audio podcast platform you use, uh, you can subscribe to us and follow us and rate us and write reviews and all that other good stuff. Um, in the meantime, uh, Bobby Bonilla and Shop at Dogger Classics for all your vintage chairs you need. <laughs> he threw it in there. Yeah, we're having a sale. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you might as well. All Star Game sale. Yeah. Why not? You've got next four days about twenty percent off. So you know, go to the shop, see if there's something you like. Absolutely, man. Uh, good seeing you again, Jason. Um, it's been great being back on the air. Uh, we bit of rust to to shake off, but it's been a it's been a great great good episode. I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Uh, and we're design. gonna get we're gonna get in touch and bring John back for the actual fiftieth episode. So we will have John on episode fifty, uh, as it turns out. <laughs> Um, 51, so 49 52, and 50, 53. <laughs> 49 and 50 is a very special two-part um, uh, you know, deep dive into John Nelson's fascinating and, and exciting uh, baseball story. Um, so we'll leave it there for the night. Thanks again for, for joining us and uh, we'll catch you next time.